Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zernial is on temporary special assignment. She may get in before we complete this show. If so, she'll jump right on the microphone, and we'll be happy to have her. We're delighted to go to our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, where Gary Barg joins us, founder, editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver magazine and a website, caregiver.com. And the uh, topic of the day is one that he suggested becoming a fearless caregiver. Hey, Gary, thanks for coming on. Ron, thank you so much for uh, having me. I, I very much appreciate your time. Well, you're down there in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're up here in, at the moment, very cloudy, San Antonio, Texas. You get, you get the sun, we get the clouds. Tell me about... Well, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, sometimes it's the other way around. <laughs> oh, that is true. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, your magazine and caregiver.com and uh, how through uh, uh, your work you happen to get into caregiving. Absolutely. Well, in uh, 30 years ago, actually, uh, my dad uh, retired, developed bone marrow cancer, and my mom down here in South Florida, my mom immediately went from, you know, love of life for 50 years um, to and business partner to caregiver and everything that went along with that just out of the blue. Um, I was living in uh, Atlanta, getting set up to do some video work for the 96 Olympics, and uh, I'd come down once every once a month or so for a weekend, but you never know. Unless you're really in it, you, it's hard to really tell what uh, the life a caregiver leads. By the time my grandparents both, both took ill, about uh, three years later, I decided I'm coming back. I'm coming back to South Florida. I'm going to do what I can to be a caregiver's caregiver to mom. I mean, she never asked me to come back. It wasn't about giving up her role, but I was there to support her. But you write and about I, you write about ahead, there was something in her voice that told you things yeah. were not as they seemed. Well, you know, it's I always I always like saying caregiver is a very sneaky lot sometimes because what she did not want is me or my brother who lived out of town or my sister had two little kids. Uh, to deal with what she was dealing with. So she was doing everything she could to when, when I would come in for two days or my brother would come in for two days to make things look as great as they could. Everybody was in on it. And it, it took the being here in South Florida for uh, a, a few more days than that because I had about two weeks in September of 94, and I, I came down to help her, and I thought, my gosh, look what she's going through. This is an amazing period of time, you know, round-the-clock uh, uh, concerns and, and emergency room uh, visits and life-and-death, you know, uh, decisions having been made for my grandparents, and mom was sick. And I remember vividly the, the night before I went back to Atlanta, I said, I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to be here these two weeks because look what you went through. And and she looked at me dumbfounded because what what to me was the most terrifying, painful two weeks in my life as a non-caregiver was a normal two weeks. 
for her as a family caregiver. And that's true just, for true for caregivers everywhere. Yeah. So I, I grabbed everything I could and came back to South Florida to become this caregiver's caregiver. And, and, and what I found was the best advice, the best support, the best pieces of wisdom that I could that I found came from my fellow family caregivers. Came at you know those three o'clock in the morning emergency uh, room visits, or walking in out of long-term care facilities, or standing in line at the pharmacy. These were uh, people with pieces of the puzzle I was looking for, and it turned out I had a piece of the puzzle. Or listen to my mom had a piece of the puzzle or two that they were looking for, and so. We decided, you know, to find this magazine this, that was designed and developed. I'm sure it was out there because there were these things called bookstores at those points. Right. At that point. I remember bookstores. Um, yeah, I remember bookstores. We used to live in them. And we went in and out of bookstores looking for that caregiver magazine, and it didn't exist. So we said, let's just do it. Find out the best advice, the support, the wisdom that we can put in the magazine. At that point, it was just local to Southeast Florida. And um, it was it was amazing. The, the first printing rolled off the press July 4th, 1995, and drove it up and down the, the three counties that, that, uh, that in my area, Southeast Florida. And I would watch caregivers read it in hospital waiting rooms or, or you know, nursing home waiting rooms. And, and and recognize themselves, and and I thought, okay, we're definitely onto something because what was happening here is we were giving voice and we were giving a level of professionalism to a job, the most important job that that anybody can do, family yeah. caregiver, that they we were just doing all on our own. Hold that thought. Realizing, Hold that thought. Yeah, we're going to come right back to you. I believe I see a friendly face looking in our studio window. Stick with us. We're talking with Gary on our Caregiver SOS on Air Hotline. Gary Barg is the founder, editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver magazine. And if you just joined us, you're listening to 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Caregiver SOS on Air. We are excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week, we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. WellMed Radio, Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. on 930 a.m. The Answer. Well, as I promised at the top of the show, it looked as if Carol Zerniel, our co-host on Caregiver SOS On Air, might make it. And indeed, she did, braving rain and traffic coming down to San Antonio from uh, the little burg of Bernie. And Carol Zerniel, great to see you. Thank you so much. I'm, I am happy to be here. I, especially, I heard a familiar voice myself when I walked in the studio. Uh, Gary Barg and I have uh, go back, I don't know, a decade. Gary, how far back? I, I don't I don't want to say, but I think you, uh, Carol, was in elementary school. Um, one one of the I, I have to say that um, I've been blessed to meet so many uh, amazing, big-hearted professionals in this caregiving uh, arena, and Carol was one of the first that I met at the American Society on Aging uh, conferences, and took me under her wing, and just 
was, has been such a great friend over the years. And, and so this is an honor to be on your show. Thank you for this. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been a long time coming. You know, I, I was listening to, um, as you were talking about founding the magazine. And in that time period, even you know, in the 90s, it wasn't even on the map at all. Caregiving was not on the map. It wasn't on anybody's radar. Um, and to go out and, and raise that awareness as you have been doing, um, where now, we're, you know, you're like, you're like main, mainstream uh, now. And, and it just wasn't like that then. And you so. were a pioneer. Yeah, absolutely a pioneer. I, don't, I can't think of any other publication that was kind of the... One of the reasons that I, I was so fascinated when we did meet up at American Society on Aging was that there, I, a whole magazine dedicated to caregiving, that was that was just so unheard of. We hadn't even passed the National Family Caregivers Support Program uh, until 2002, so that's years later. Gary, go back to the beginning. What were some of the topics you wrote about? I'll I tell you, one, one anecdote in particular. Uh, I was sitting in a waiting room, the main waiting room of a hospital in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I had just put the magazines down and I, I sat down and um, these two uh, amazing, I think they were sisters and they must have been octogenarians at that point. And they came and they sat down, they picked up the, uh, one of them who was the caregiver to her, I'll say sister, um, picked up the, the magazine and rolled to a, an article from a, a doctor uh, about diabetic foot care, and she was using the tips in the article to tell her loved one, you know, to confirm what she had been saying to her loved one. And I'll never, never forget that she said, see, Madge, it says white socks. I've been telling you white socks. And I thought, I think we're on to something. <laughs> That's just perfect. I love that. And was she wearing we white also, socks? She was. Yeah, she was, actually. I remember that part. But um, we also talked about um, AIDS and uh, seniors, which nobody was talking about, which is, uh, still is a, a, a big challenge. And we talked about um, communicating with your, with your level with hearing loss. And a lot of the articles in that first issue are still applicable to, to this very day. Well, in fact, there's been an increase in uh, HIV-positive uh, diagnoses among seniors, along with other sexually transmitted uh, diseases. Well, we called it the Condo Casanovas, you know, down here in, in Southeast Florida, uh, where if you were a healthy gentleman of a certain age, you had all these these um, widows around, and um, you know, stereotypically, um, you didn't think it had to do with you. And so, who would possibly think they'd have to protect themselves as a seventy-two-year-old, you know, uh, widower? who was dating Mrs. Smith in the morning and Mrs. Jones in the afternoon uh, around the time Viagra came around. So there were just so many elements that, that came into play at that point. Um, and unfortunately, um, and the, the not knowing that this age and the AIDS age, age and the HIV doesn't, you know, not affect certain people. It, it can affect everybody. Well, and and. You mentioned still today, um, you know, the issue of sexually transmitted diseases um, is still a, a growing problem in an older population, particularly in Florida. Well, it's education. You know, it's basically, it, it, it has to do with you. It, in, in those days, I, I saw the statistics that um, 
uh, young single women and and seniors or the fastest growing population uh, developing HIV. And if you look at it, it was because they're the ones who aren't being educated. They're the ones who are told it's not you, it can't be you, it has nothing to do with you. So it's all about education. Everything about uh, caregiving and supportive caregiving caregivers has to do with self-identification and education. Well, how have things changed in terms of what your focus is, what the interest is, what you're covering, or is it still the same old, same old? No, it's um, what's nice is over the last few years, you say caregiver, uh, everybody has a, a story. It's their own or their family member. I, I, I remember I used to fly, you know, I still do, but I mean, when I'd fly around the country in the, in the early aughts, um, and nobody was wearing the headsets, and they somebody asked me what I did, and I'd say, well, you know, caregiving, and, and we would have the support groups at 30,000 feet. Everybody right. was hanging from the rafters as we were talking about the fact that nobody else knew any other caregiver. And I think that's changed a lot. I think everybody is, is aware now, and the technology and, and even the media has come around to talking about caregiving. So we've our goal is to now make sure the caregiver sees themselves as the CEO of caring for the loved one, Inc. But we'd be what we call a fearless caregiver. So I wrote the book, The Fearless Caregiver, and we hosted, just last week, hosted our 287th Fearless Caregiver Conference. To get caregivers done, now that you understand you are one, how do we make sure that, you know, you see yourself as an equal member of the loved ones, your loved one's care team, as the boss? How do you get the information? How do you ask the questions that need to be asked and don't stop until you get clear and concise answers. How do you see yourself fitting into the healthcare scenario as the manager of services? And that makes all the difference. I think it's the next step, the next phase of caregiving. Now that you recognize that you are one, how do we make sure we manage it as a profession. Well, and what I like about your Fearless Caregiver workshops is that you embed all this good advice with the local community um, resources so that, you know, the person is getting information, but they're also meeting, maybe for the first time, uh, the folks in their community that can help provide that support, you know, when you jet off to your next city. You know, I also find that people who I would think know, should know each other, the advocates and the uh, service organizations, they come to the events, and I'm introducing them to each other, which, which is fun. So I, I think you're exactly right. If I, if I introduced you to something that could be of service in Peoria, but you live in uh, San Antonio, it doesn't help. Well, you know, I think all... Go ahead. No, I, no, I was just going to say, you know, it, that's, it, it, it doesn't surprise me um, because all, even those of us in the business don't know what we don't know. Uh, and so that's why all of this networking and information is such a critical uh, part of a caregiving journey. It's interesting doing this show as we have for the past many years. Uh, every week we pick up a new tip, new idea, or something that someone's doing somewhere uh, that's very different and seems to be working. And that raises a question that came to my mind as I look through some of your material. What is a reverse gift list? Well, the reverse gift list is just by listening to caregivers and listening to the concerns at the events. You know, we, we make sure that everyone's in the room together. There's no separate vendor room and there's no breakouts. There's no pontificating, speechifying. 
you know, we make sure that we're answering questions. And by answering questions, we're listening to what their concerns are. And a lot of the concerns had to do with, you know, thinking there's no way they can get anybody to help. So we developed this very simple tool. So think of, you know, five, ten people who would do or could do bite-sized, easy, manageable tasks, if you ask. Next time you go to the supermarket, can you come by and see if I have a little list and I'll give you the money? Next time you go to the dry cleaners, you know, maybe you could come by once a month and, and cook and we'll talk about anything but caregiving. What are those elements of your life that you really, you know, could offload? You're not saying take over my caregiving. You're not saying, you know, make financial decisions to dad. For dad, you're just saying, Help me in these elements that make my caregiving easier. And you, you find those 10 people, and you match it up to those 10 easy asks, and you make the call. And I found that, you know, not only is it um, motivating for a caregiver to make a call like that and get a fast yes, the friends and the family members and loved ones have been waiting to be let in to figure out what to do. How can I help? What? What small thing can I do to make your life easier? So I always say if you create this reverse gift list, which is on caregiver.com, um, you can find yourself a full day of respite a month by making this um, list together and, and activating it. And also, you help your friends and family take part in caring for your mutual loved one. I want to talk more about your uh, caregiver website, but before I do that, for folks who may have just joined us, I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Gary Barg, founder, editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com. This is Caregiver SOS on air on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. So, Gary, tell us more about Caregiver.com. Well, uh, Caregiver.com has just turned 25 years old. It realized a few years ago we're one of the first 100,000 websites registered. And um, past the magazine, because the magazine came out before there were websites, uh, we we thought this was a great way to interact and share wisdom and learn from our fellow caregivers. So uh, I, I always say at the Fearless Caregiver Conferences, which now we've hosted in 27 states and 45 cities, I'll always start the event by thanking four caregivers in the room by bringing up some topic teaching us some piece of advice that they've learned that then I can write in my weekly newsletter and share with, you know, caregivers around the country and around the world. So I always find that caregiver.com is a great way to keep everyone together. It's, it's, it's like a, you know, a, a Internet support group. Uh, the articles, the information, the advice, the newsletters, uh, celebrity interviews, everything we do is housed at caregiver.com so you can podcast. So you can, no matter where you are as a caregiver, I think hopefully you can find a solution, A and B, you can realize you are not alone. Well, you mentioned the celebrity interviews that you do. You know, they the celebrities really raise, you know, awareness. They You see them on the cover of your magazine. You've got them on your website. So who are the celebrities that you think you know, have really made a difference in terms of elevating caregiving issues? I'll tell you, one one person I miss greatly is Dana Reeve, Chris Reeve's obviously uh, wife. Um, we interviewed her uh, late in the last century, and um, a lot of the concepts that we deal with, I 
I told her directly I'm going to steal them from her because she was such an amazing caregiver. And part of that uh, incubus of the reverse gift list came from a conversation with her that then over the years, listening to caregivers, they're saying the same thing. So she was wonderful. Former First Lady uh, Rosalind Carter um, was is is wonderful. She's she's and you and I and a few others were really the first ones out there saying the caregivers are coming. The caregivers are coming. And she's uh, still and she's still advocating. She's still involved with the Rosalind Carter Center. She's absolutely amazing. The president is amazing. I've I've been to the Americas for their their institute um, uh, galas. And they're just they're just the dynamic people. But the the thing about the celebrities, and I wrote the book uh, Care Green Ties That Bind, which highlights uh, about 150 of the celebrity interviews that we've done. You know, uh, Dana Reeves, Della uh, Reeves, Clay Walker, Clay Aiken. You know that they were living through caregiving or caregiving advocates, and I, I call it uh, the great equalizer. Um, Debbie Reynolds uh, came to our, uh, a few of our events, and I remember the first time it was in uh, Cleveland, and we had you know 400 caregivers in the room, and Debbie came on stage, and she was of course magic. They didn't ask her about her ex-husband. They didn't ask her about seeing in the rain. They asked her about caring for her mom, which they knew about. They asked her about rumor, her rheumatoid arthritis, and I always said when you have 400 caregivers in the room and one celebrity who's also a caregiver. All you have is 401 caregivers. And we find that to be true with the magazine interviews as well. You know, that if it's uh, Lance Robertson, you know, the, the Assistant Secretary of Aging, uh, if it's, you know, uh, I don't know, any, any number of the, the celebrity interviews, uh, they've not, they talk about things that their publishers probably blanch at because it's not their latest movie, it's not their latest book, it's about their love for their family and what they're doing and how their lives inter- intersect our lives. And, and I think that's the importance of the celebrity interviews. You know, part of the interest there is many of them could afford to hire a team of people to do the work and they would never get their hands dirty. Yeah, I, I, I do know money. You know, I'd rather be a caregiver with a whole ton of money than not. But um, it, it doesn't solve everything. It doesn't solve the pain. It doesn't solve the family dynamics. And uh, sometimes it's even a challenge because um, you have to get past your celebrity for the medical community to listen to you as, a, as someone in, in need. But the conversations that, that I have with these famous uh, caregivers with famous faces is very similar to the conversations that I have with family caregivers that I meet on the road at the Fearless Caregiver Conference. Yeah, that's what I find so interesting. I I didn't mean that as a, well, they're going to dump it on people because they got the money. What I find interesting is how many uh, are are actually deeply involved in caring for their loved one. Yeah, also a lot of them actually, after they've been through that, um, they they can't stop. They take it on themselves to to start foundations, to go out and talk about uh, uh, caregiving. Patricia Richardson, um, you know, TV star uh, does an amazing uh, amount of work. Um, I can I, to think of twenty um, Clay Walker, who their their folks. Of course, he's he's living with uh, MS, but um, their folks who didn't give up when their caregiving ended. They they reached out and said, "Now what? I, what can I do for other caregivers?" 
and you got to admire that. Well, we're about out of time. You know, looking to the future, you know, what's your, what's your headline? What is your, your big thing for caregivers that you think that we really need to pay attention to right now? You are not alone. That when you reach, when you're in a room with another caregiver, you're in a room actually with an expert in, in caregiving who has a piece of the puzzle that if you only ask that you needed, that you can find, that we're traveling the country and hope to you know, we've we've been in the room with about 120,000 family caregivers, and there's 66 million of them, so I have a long way to go, um, that they need to know about uh, WellMed, they need to know about the area agents on aging, and no matter where they are, they need to know they're not alone, and there are people out there who care for them or reaching out for them. And if you've, you were a caregiver five years ago and now you're a caregiver again, Look again, because the technology and the services and the support and the agencies, the VA, there's a lot of uh, new information and and advice out there for you. For the website, uh, caregiver.com, that will lead you into the uh, magazine as well? Yes, it will. Actually, with complimentary uh, digital editions of each magazine up there. Thank you. Great talking with you. Nice to have you on the show. You take care. Bye-bye. nice to... See you all. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Gary Barg, founder, editor-in-chief of Today's Caregiver. We thank you for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron with Carol Zernio. We will talk with you again next Sunday or Saturday or on our podcast. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.